My daughter is even now dead, but come, lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In today's Gospel, we see a great presentation of a Catholic family, a loving father devoted to his daughter who has died and who seeks remedy from our Lord. In this gospel event, Jesus traveled to Capernaum, and there he was welcomed by a great crowd of people. He was definitely a man of crowds, and he was seldom alone. When he got there, a prominent man named Jairus came to him, adored him, and said, Lord, my daughter is even now dead, but come, lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. So with Jairus leading the way, our Lord started off for his house. The disciples followed on behind, and others joined the group out of curiosity, wondering how Jesus will handle this situation. When he got to the house of Jairus, our Lord saw there a combination of confusion and sorrow. He made his way and spoke to the crowd, Give place, for the girl is not dead, but sleepeth. For this he got a storm of abuse upon him. But he entered the sick room and took the girl by the hand. And immediately she arose and was alive. The contrast between his actions and the raisings from the dead done by the saints is remarkable. When St. Peter had raised to life a woman named Dorcas, he had to have the attendants put forth her coats and garments, then kneel down to pray, and only then could Peter tell her to arise. But Jesus does not raise his voice bend his knee, or implore divine help. He simply restores the girl to life. In this gospel, our Lord gave the people and us a lesson about death. Death is not some cruel Halloween monster cutting short all life and happiness. No. Death is a sleep. We bury our dead in cemeteries, the root of the word meaning a, a place of sleep. And we ask from God that they might rest in peace. And they can rest in peace only if they have been cleansed from their sins. During this month of November, we should show 
special charity for the dead. And death of the soul is more dreadful thing than death of the body. Mortal sin, deadly sin, kills the soul and robs the person his heredity of heaven, which he has received in baptism. That's why, as I always try to remind our school children, it is not enough just to have the faith. You must also act according to your faith and keep away from sin. You parents, you should emphasize to your children that sin is a choice and is, and is possible to be avoided. It is possible to live throughout your whole life without ever committing a mortal sin. It's hard, but with the graces you get from prayer and the sacraments, that can be done. Our Lord told us, be you perfect, as also your heavenly Father is perfect. He would never have given us this command had he not also given us means to fulfill it. It is even possible to live through your whole life without ever committing a deliberate venial sin, though this is a grace given for only few chosen souls, like St. Therese, the Little Flower, and St. Dominic Savio. It is because whenever we commit a sin, it is always our choice. We can be tempted to sin, but cannot be compelled to sin. It is impossible to live throughout your life without committing at least indeliberate venial sins. Only Our Lady had this privilege. And because of our sins, we must also suffer the punishment due to them. And that's why we gain indulgences. By gaining indulgences, we do our punishment here on earth so that we wouldn't need to do that in purgatory. What is an indulgence then? The Catechism gives us the answer. It is the remission granted by the Church of the temporal punishment due to sins already forgiven. A partial indulgence shortens the time in purgatory, and plenary indulgence remits all punishment, meaning that when you die, you go straight to heaven. We can't gain indulgences for other living persons, but we can gain them for the souls in purgatory. In a cemetery visit, where we pray for the dead during the eight days from All Souls Day, we can gain a plenary indulgence applicable for the dead. 
and in this way release souls from purgatory. We pray for the dead because we love God and therefore we love our neighbor too. We cannot abandon our neighbor, especially those who are dead, alone and who are in need of our prayers. And in purgatory, one is really alone, away from God and in need of help. Of all the mysteries of the rosary, I think my favorite one is the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden. That mystery shows our Lord in his most human and most vulnerable state. Bible tells us only three occasions when Jesus shed tears, when he wailed over doomed Jerusalem, when his friend Lazarus died, and then in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden, you see the man of the crowds alone, he who previously got not a moment's peace, knew that for this one time when he would be in need of his friends, they would leave him to suffer alone. Throughout his whole passion, Jesus did not cry, but he did cry in the garden. That shows you that abandonment is worse than abuse, and loneliness is worse than pain. I previously addressed the parents, the Jairuses, who want Jesus to save their children. And now I address the children, especially the young ones, but you older ones too. If your parents haven't told you this, know that you must pray for your father and your mother. As soon as God had given the first three commandments about honor due to him, he told his people to honor their parents. It doesn't matter if your father and mother are good or bad, Catholic or non-Catholic, living or dead. Every time you say your rosary with your other intentions, you ask Mary to bless and protect father and mother. And in your morning prayers, you ask Jesus and Mary to bless and protect father and mother this day and in the evening prayers during the night. Or if your father and mother are dead, make sure you pray for their souls every day. Hopefully, meditating our Lord's loneliness in the garden teaches you all that love means same thing as sacrifice. And like Jairus, loving parents 
are sometimes called to suffer too, and that's why they are in need of the prayers of their children. Mrs. Sanborn, Bishop Sanborn's mother, once told us that when her son chose to leave to study in the seminary of Archbishop Lefebvre, it was a very hard thing for the father, for the mother, and for the son alike. The most natural choice for her son would have been to stay in New York, study in the diocesan seminary, and serve in some parish near his home. But instead, he wanted Archbishop Lefebvre and chose to go all the way to Switzerland to study for the priesthood. In fact, Mr. Jerry Sanborn, Bishop's father, couldn't attend the ordination because his doctor did not give him permission to make the trip across the Atlantic. But their son did all this because he wanted to be a real priest who says the true Mass. Love of God, it demands sacrifices. Had Bishop's parents told him, no, we don't want you to go, we want you to stay here, that wouldn't have been love, that would have been selfishness. And what did the parents get in return? That they had to be apart from their son. Almost 50 years now of daily remembrance in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So during this month of November, try to do some acts of sacrifice for the dead who are in need of your help. But do not neglect the living either. Just think of our dear Bishop Dolan. One moment our beloved are here, then in another they are gone. Pray for your beloved ones, those who have loved you, especially your father and mother, and make sacrifices, because Jesus has in his passion, death, and loneliness made such a sacrifice for you. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.